Ladies and gentlemen, put your hands together for the one and only Busy Doing Nothing Podcast. Welcome to Busy Doing Nothing. I'm your model host, Rona. And I am your STEM co-host. <laughs> Wait, what's your name? STEM co-host. <laughs> uh, why do we start like that? <laughs> I, I love it. Okay. <laughs> I don't like that. <laughs> oh, I'm keeping it. I'm keeping it in. All right. Who's editing all this? It's me. <laughs> I have the power. Um, today, we will be talking about something that, you know, I think we have different perspectives on. Sure. I, um, I've gone through this, and you're the person who's watched me go through it as someone who's close to me. Yeah. It is eating disorders. So, um, I guess just a little bit of background. Um, I have always been very skinny. I've been known as a skinny girl and like growing up in elementary school, like that kind of became something that I was proud of and it was like my identity, right? And I think growing up, I didn't have, um, a lot of, I wouldn't say I didn't have a, I wouldn't say I had a bad childhood, but I think it was my way of controlling something in my life because there was other aspects that I wasn't happy with, right? Mm -hmm. So it actually started in like third grade. I distinctly remember I just stopped eating lunches and that's kind of where it like grew from. And so I was always like, oh, I'm the skinniest person, blah, blah, blah. And um, I became very obsessive over it. So high school um, – still pretty skinny and then I think it started getting pretty bad in like senior year junior to senior year and then college I was about 88 pounds um and I'm like five four five five and then um I went to Japan and my first year there was very difficult so it kind of went in the opposite direction i've heard this happens a lot with eating disorders usually if you're anorexic you're going to become um binge eating Mm -hmm. if you're a binge eater then you're going to do the opposite where you're like bulimic or something yeah started binge eating because i was so stressed and um from binge eating i started like throwing my food up and like Mm -hmm. bulimic so after that i got back into fitness and I lost 20 pounds in two months. And um, Damn. honestly, that, w- that was the catalyst for me starting to actually become healthier. But it was from stress, you know. And as a yeah. model, it's not, you know, healthy eating practices are not really celebrated. Right. And especially in an Asian country where they want you to be real thin, even more so. 
um, you know, the, the U.S. at least has diverse models where you can be regular sizes now. And not all the time, but for at least for commercial models, it's a little bit more lenient. And yeah. we have more diversity there. But in, in Japan, it was like I was extremely skinny. And they were like, oh, you like look kind of bloated today. Wow. Or like I remember I, I lost all that weight and my manager at the time who like that agency particularly for me was very emotionally manipulative and like um, I would say harassment to a certain degree. Um, yeah, harassed. Yeah, they harassed me quite a bit. Um, a lot of agencies do, you know, but that one in particular was pretty bad. Like there was sexual harassment too. Mm-hmm. Um, but they were like, oh, well, now you're working out too much and don't get too bulky, which was like, you got uh, to pick one, buddy. You know what I mean? But uh, wow. anyways, so I was like going through this very like up and down like emotional roller coaster because one, when you don't eat enough calories, you're very depressed and negative yeah. and it's just – difficult I remember I would like there was one point where I didn't have enough energy because I was working out two times a day I had two jobs and auditions and modeling and my agency was stressing me out and I would go to photo shoots and I told myself every time I go on a photo shoot I can buy a like mini pack of jelly beans and I can take the jelly beans into my dressing room I'd sneak it into my dressing room because I would do like 110 outfit changes a day yeah. And I can have one jelly bean every time I change something. Wow. And I think my body was just craving energy, so I was craving the sugar. Uh-huh. But I remember I also like measured out all my food. Like I would only eat 40 grams of rice a day. And I you know those natto, those fermented soybean packs? Yeah. Um I would eat half of that for dinner. 40 grams of rice and broccoli. Wow. And I took a photo of my dinner once and I like looked at it the other day and I was like, oh my God. What the fuck? You know what I mean? And then I remember I would jump rope in the living room when everyone's sleeping from like mm-hmm. 2 to 3 a.m. Wow. Yeah, like straight. Like I, I would just be jump roping. And so anyways, I was – Going through all that and like other things, you know, but um, I thought it would be interesting for us today to kind of talk about that and like how maybe you, what were you thinking like as, you know, my best friend? I don't know if you like thought I had an eating disorder in college or high school. I don't know what you thought because I never really asked you. you yeah, know? I know. I, I, I like sorry. we've had candid conversations about – um your troubles with eating mm-hmm. but we've never really gone back and dug at like in the past I mean in high school I remember you being thin but I didn't I guess because I saw you every day and we yeah, were that's always what my together mom said. yeah she's like I didn't, I didn't notice really, that yeah I didn't notice how bad it was um and I think I remember senior year we were looking at a picture that someone took of you. Um, it, it was like the year before. And I remember looking at that picture and being like, 
wow, she's that she's like a little like a lot thinner than I think she is or than I thought she was. Right. Mm-hmm. It's just um and I knew that you didn't eat as much. Um but I at that time, you know, like I like you would stay at my place a lot and we would feed you and stuff and like well, I would be sleeping a lot of the time. Yeah, you know, you did. You you would end up sleeping like through half the day sometimes. Yeah, because I um, had like no energy, you know? Yeah. And and I was always like confused. I was like, I don't understand how I don't have this energy. But when I was in the tennis uh, tennis team in high school, I yeah. started eating a lot more. Yeah, because you needed the energy. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And I was like, why am I so hungry? <laughs> <laughs> Then then they stand. Are you gonna eat that pizza crust? <laughs> you know? oh I remember asking every day. I was like, "You gonna eat that?" <laughs> yeah. See, so like, I didn't like. You know, I I I knew that you were thin, and I knew you didn't eat as much as I did. And I and at the time, I was pretty thin too. But I didn't have like in my mind, it wasn't. It was just normal. It was just like, oh yeah, she didn't have much of an appetite like I like I do. Like it's mm-hmm. fine. Um. And I, I don't remember when it started that you told me that there was, like, some kind of issue with eating. Mm-hmm. I think you kind of alluded to it at some point, like, maybe senior or freshman year of college. Like, senior year of high school, freshman year of college. Like, around that time, I was kind of led on to the fact that you kind of had some sort of issue, but you never were very explicit about what it was. Well, I think I was in denial. Mm. Um, and. I think I was in denial until I started going through binge eating in Japan. Mm. Because to me, I was like, no, this is just my metabolism. I just um, – and I genuinely wasn't hungry. Like yeah. in col- – like I – because my stomach had shrunk, right? So I just wasn't that yeah. hungry. And other times, I remember um, when I was hungry, I would ignore it. I would just be like, no, you're not hungry because – I was saving – my mentality was I'm saving my money for Japan. I don't want to spend money on food. Yeah. And so I would just not eat. Yeah. I mean, I remember in college I would try and feed you as much as I could. Yeah, and you, came, I don't you know, came in clutch, girl. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't – and, you know, I don't know where that came from or why. Like, I just knew. I was like, oh, she's too thin. She needs to. She needs to eat more. Let me feed her. But it wasn't like a like oh my god she's sick I need to feed like I don't think it ever was that mm-hmm. so I don't like yeah I think I remember being because I don't know like you're saying the binge eating started in Japan mm-hmm. but I remember very explicitly there was a moment in college where I left food at your your apartment it was ben and jerry's like what was it what kind of ice cream was it it? was like it was it was like either rocky road or the what is it that tonight show dough or something like that. oh it was probably that one yeah and i remember leaving it at your apartment because we bought it to have like watch some movies and have a little bit of ice cream together and i left it there i was like i'll just eat i'm here a lot i'll just eat it with you next time yeah and then you're like can i have some or something like that. You're like, no, don't leave it there because then I'll eat it all. And I was like, no, well, you can have some. Don't worry about it. Like, mm-hmm. it's fine. It's there. It's there for us. Like, and it's at your, it's your place. Go for it. Yeah. And you kind I, I don't, I didn't understand why you kind of like, I felt like you warned me. 
And you were like, no, but like, I I might like eat it. And I was like, no, it's fine. Like, you can have some. Like, dude, it's fine. Like, I bought it for both of us. Mm-hmm. And then I think you asked, you're like, okay, you're sure I can have some? I was like, yeah. And then the next day I showed up and it was gone. Yeah, no, no, no. It wasn't <laughs> completely gone. Most it was, of it was gone. It was pretty – like, <laughs> like, I don't know why it shocked me so much, but I was like, whoa. Like, I – like I, it felt like a lack of of control, and I was like, "Whoa! Like you just you just didn't stop. You just ate all of it." Yeah, and I was like shook because I was like, "I thought you didn't eat, dude." I think, <laughs> yeah, you said. I I think like I'm someone who has a bit of a addictive personality. That's that's how we've described it. Yeah, and I get very fixated on something. So if I want something, I will not give up. Ever. Like like me with my cat. Like my cat was like in like at night, you know, at 9 p.m. at night. Like I saw this tiny kitten in a parking lot and I was out there for three and a half hours trying to catch this cat. Mm-hmm. Most people would have given up. That's what Koto said. Koto is my best friend in Japan. Um, And that's what she said. She was like, you know, I would have given up been like, okay, bye cat, you know. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, she was telling me, she was like, you know, for some reason, like – because she was t- talking to me about me and my relationship. She's like, if you wanted, like, whatever guy, you would not stop until you got that guy that you wanted. So if yeah. you didn't get the guy you wanted, I know it's because you chose not to pursue him. Mm-hmm. And so she's like, so I think that shows that you didn't want him, you know? And I was like, yeah, girl, you right. You right. <laughs> but, like, <laughs> genuinely, I get very fixated on things. And so – I think it's like a tunnel vision. Yeah. You know? And so I'm like, ah. And I really went through those same feelings actually in Japan now that I think about it. So. Yeah. Tee <laughs> Whoops. Did it ever yeah. like impact you in any way though? I mean, like besides, like I, I feel like it's unfair to say, but it's like sometimes it's like frustrating to be like, oh, like. I, like let me feed you like let me give you food like let me like help but like mm-hmm. there's nothing that you could really do on the sidelines when you're watching someone go through that totally and it's kind of like it's 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 a feeling of helplessness but it's, i'm sure it's even worse for the person going through it you know like i like i can only sympathize with you as you go through your struggle um so like i can't say like oh my god it was such a hard time for me because it was it was a hard time for you and it was just hard for me to see you go through a hard time. But mm. I don't know. Like I've gotten, you know, cause I've been a bit open about it on Instagram, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's interesting because a lot of people have messaged me like, Hey, I have a friend who's going through something like this. What do I do? Yeah. And you know, there's that saying like, you can't help someone who doesn't want to be helped. Honestly, yeah. you can only be supportive really. Mm-hmm. But I wonder, like, how – because so many people told me they're like – I remember there was this one girl who, like, okay, first of all, I don't like it. I, I think this is for anyone, not just people who like, – you, you just shouldn't comment on people's bodies, right? Yeah. It's very sensitive and you don't know what they're going through. Yeah. So I would never go up to someone and be like, hey, you gained some weight. 
Or if you're, you wouldn't say that, you know what I mean? But I also mm-hmm. wouldn't go to someone and be like, hey, you look emaciated. Yeah. And there was a girl in college and I met her in the cafeteria. I was like in my gym clothes and she just yelled it. She's like, you look emaciated. And it was so like out of left field, you know? Yeah. And like I think people glorify like, oh, you're so skinny. You're so skinny. But like just because you're skinny doesn't mean you're happy with your – I mean, I, I wasn't unhappy with my body, but it was such a strange choice of words as well. Yeah, that, that has more of a negative connotation, and it's kind of a bit of lack of tact on that on that person's part. Yeah. Saying so, that in the middle of a cafeteria just out of nowhere. Mm. Yeah, but I think it's fine if you're like – if you sit them down and like it's like a – Intervention. I, I wouldn't say intervention. It's more like a – safe space that you create where like hey I'm just a little worried I want to make sure that you're like not trying to I wouldn't say like you're not eating on purpose or like you're you're like well I mean I I feel like it's a bigger issue you know what I mean like like they're at least for me Mm -hmm. I was doing it like without realizing I was trying to control something in my life you know yeah so maybe like a sense of stability, you know? It's hard. It's different from everyone. Yeah. Did you at any point feel like I helped or made things worse? I love that you got me food. Oh. But like I never I, – I truly didn't realize that there was a problem, remember? Yeah. So I wasn't like – I mean, we would split meals and stuff. Yeah, we would. I enjoyed We still that. do that. <laughs> We do still do that. I, yeah. you know, I do realize that I eat very fast now. You do. Like compared to when I, what I used to eat, like I was very slow mm-hmm. and I eat very fast now. And I think it's like, I haven't gotten rid of the feeling of panic that I had oh. in Japan because I was on go, go, go yeah. like all the time. Like there was no time for breaking basically. And so I think I still struggle with that a little bit where I'm like, okay, I'm not in a rush. I can enjoy my food, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but I, yeah, I think part of that is from being on photo shoots where it's like, um, okay, well, if, you know, you have like so many outfit changes, you have like 110 outfit changes, et cetera, and we only have three hours to shoot. And so today your lunch, it was supposed to be 30 minutes, but now you only have 15 minutes. Wow. And I'm like, okay, shit, you know? Yeah, you just gotta deal with it. Um, yeah, so I, I think it's it's harder when you're in that kind of environment. It sounds like your experiences in Japan really aggravated a lot of the issues that you had. You think? Well, it's what you it's don't saying. say. I'm just kidding. Yeah, no, I definitely think yeah, so. Yeah, um, that's what you're saying, right? Yeah, yeah. And I am going back there soon. So, <laughs> <laughs> honestly, though, like I think. All of this insight is just making me stronger to deal with the things that are going to happen in my future. So, mm-hmm. you know, if I if I avoid the problem, I'm not going to fix the problem. If I'm scared of dealing with like, oh, well, I might only have 15 minutes for lunch, you know, like then that's just me avoiding the real problem. And then if I have to avoid that specific situation, I haven't fixed and I haven't healed from, you know, within. So, yeah, that's what I think. But yeah, okay. What is I, your uh-huh. relationship with food now? 
Um, ooh, that's kind of interesting. Um, when I was in Japan and I was really strict, I was I was stressed. So yeah. me eating a little bit of sugar or gluten, I would get extremely puffy. Mm-hmm. And I was eating extremely clean, like too clean where it was stressing – it was also stressing me out, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and that caused a lot of health problems for me. So I think over-avoiding certain foods was kind of a problem. And then I came to the U.S. and I kind of overindulged a little bit. I was like, yeah. I'm not going to get – I haven't eaten this in so long. I think now I'm – I still sh- – I wouldn't say I struggle, but I, I don't know what's a better word than struggle. I think I'm getting used to my new body, right? Mm. Um and I'm allowing myself to eat intuitively yeah. where it's like, hey, if I'm, if I'm hungry right now, I'm going to eat. And if I want this, I'm going to eat it. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to stress about it because me stressing about the food is going to like cause me to have like a flare up or like less circulation. You know, my lymph nodes. <laughs> yeah. So I would say it's probably the best it's ever been. But I think sometimes I get a little hard on myself when I see myself in a mirror or like a photo and I'm like, huh, that's not what I used to look like. But it's unrealistic for us to be the same weight we were in high school. It's also unrealistic to be like the same weight for the rest of your life. You're always going to fluctuate and people like will average fluctuate like maybe three pounds a week, you know? Yeah. Or like a pound a day. So sometimes like you, it's water weight. Sometimes it's not. But I think I'm just incorporating like healthier things to think about instead of like, oh, the food I ate. It's more like, okay, maybe I want to stay away from processed foods as much as I can. And I know it's unrealistic to stay away from all processed foods, but I'm going to eat high quality um, whole foods that I can and I'll like cook when I can and I'll try to incorporate some sort like some form of movement. So I do like Pilates or I'll go walk, you know. Or like I'll meditate if I like need a break. So I think I'm in a better place now. In terms of your relationship to food? Yeah. Yeah. Because I'm not fixating on food. Like I think one thing that I told myself was there's no relationship with food. Mm -hmm. Like saying I have a relationship with food is making food like stronger than it really is. Just like food is just food, you know? Yeah. Like – just say, hey, I don't have a relationship with food. <laughs> like that's literally one thing that I did when I was like first like trying to fix the binge eating because it was getting so bad. I remember I actually felt sick uh-huh. from how much I was eating. And then like I wouldn't eat all day. And then I'd be like, ah. And then I'm like, yeah, I would eat. And then like it was bad. But yeah, I don't know. Good question. What What was the catalyst? Because like I – have context as to like the beginnings of it right i have context to where you are now um we did lose a bit of touch sometime when you were in japan and that's mm-hmm. i mean that's fair it's that like happens. a 16 hour time difference and we were like busy doing things on our own lives mm-hmm. but like how did you come to terms with the fact that yeah this is an eating disorder or like how did you like start mm. recognizing that yeah, recognizing that it was an issue and how did – like what caused you to want to like deal with it or try and um, learn about – like, you know, I don't – Yeah. I, I don't know that part. 
So there was one point where I visited the U.S. and I had been mm-hmm. in Japan one year. And I'm not saying this is my mom's fault. Because um, it's like it is on me, you know, but um, I think that's the heaviest I had ever been. And it wasn't healthy weight. So it was weight from stress. It was weight from binge eating all in one year. Yeah. And she like did a drawing of me one day. And do you know Ampama? <laughs> Ampama yeah. is like this Japanese like bread character. He's like a loaf of bread and he has like a very round face and like round rosy cheeks and like a round nose. And she like she called me Ampan Mang. And then she did this like really fat, ugly drawing of me. <laughs> she sounds so toxic. <laughs> but she did this ugly ass drawing of me and like made fun of me. And she was like, oh, if you like look like this, you're you're not gonna make it like as a model. And you're like, you know, like, okay, I know that sounds terrible. And it was terrible. <laughs> Like, it is. I'm sorry, mom. It was fucking terrible. (laughs) But, like, I still love my mom. And I feel like your family is going to be ruthless. And I think everyone's family is like that sometimes. Like, they're just absolute savage, like, for no reason. Mm -hmm. But the reason why it hurt was because it was true. And words don't mean anything until you give it meaning. And I also think, like, If I didn't believe it was true, like words can only hurt to the extent that you believe them, right? Yeah. So that fucked me up. (laughs) That fucked me up. And so I took that drawing home and I taped it to my wall in my tiny (laughs) Japanese apartment and I looked at it every single day. And I, I love my planner, my yearly planner. And I have a daily planner and I would write every three days ahead of time, like for the rest of the year. Like I pre-wrote these things so that when I flipped through it, I would not know what was coming, you know? Yeah. And I was like, okay, well, if you don't fix this, you're going to be broke and you're going to be like, you're not going to achieve your dreams. And that was very negative, you know? But I think that's why I was so – I went in the opposite direction of becoming very skinny again. Because it wasn't coming from a place of love. It was coming from a place of fear. Like you're not going to – you're going to be broken. All your dreams are going to fail. Like that's where I was coming from. So there was that extreme desperation of like I need to lose this weight and I'm not going to eat. And being hungry is good, you know. But I think that was kind of the catalyst for me like losing all that weight suddenly. And then I went to my agency and this was like COVID. So everyone, everyone else in my agency during COVID had gained weight. Because no one was going outside. I was the only one who lost weight and enough weight where they were like, whoa, good for you. And they were like complimenting. And like I had this strange relationship with my agency, especially because I was a young girl. And they do this tactic and I know it's a freaking tactic where they try to create this parental relationship with you. Yeah. So that you seek validation from them. And I definitely fell into that, right? And so when they were like complimenting me, I was like, oh my gosh, I did good. I did good, right? Yeah. And so that kind of kept me there. But I, I think like the catal- – you mean the catalyst for me healing that? Yeah. Um, I mean, do you feel like you've healed? Do you still feel like you're struggling with it sometimes? You know, there's this – there's a, there was this video that a Victoria's Secret model put out. I think it was Sarah Sampiano. 
champion. I think that's her name. A couple other like Victoria's Secret models have also put these out, but they did like unposed versus posed, right? And like they had like yeah. wrinkles and like regular like oh, body. Yeah. And yeah, I think I saw some of those. Um, I love stuff like that because I was like, hey, that's what I look like. <laughs> You know, yeah. and like I'm not as tall as them, but I was like, hey, I identify with that. And it's true. Like when you pose, it's very different. Yeah. You can completely change the way your body looks in a pose, you know, because it's a lot of muscle that you use. And it's actually very tiring um, being on set because you're you, like, you know, you're tight and like you're doing yeah. certain things. So Intensed. it's very strenuous. Um, like you're and you're working out like an athlete. So you're at that athletic body fat percentage, too. Mm-hmm. And um, I think the catalyst for me healing was probably mentally, I would say this year. I just, I came to the US and a lot of the people around me in Japan had been very critical of like, uh, you like, oh, you look kind of puffy today. Oh, like, well, you didn't do that. Oh my gosh. Well, you know, and I think being too skinny you get rid of your feminine curve sometimes or like the, you know, the sexiness that I wanted to portray, at least for myself and the body that I wanted. Mm -hmm. And so me being too skinny was also causing a lot of like body image issues. And I came to the US and there were a ton of girls who are like different sizes different weights and they're like showing off their bodies they're proud of their bodies they're wearing crop tops and mini skirts and like i remember i was trying to cover up my body by wearing oversized clothes a lot yeah and i think part of that was the japanese culture of like i don't want old men to look at me one and i don't want to stand out two um and then the body comments because they're very harsh. And like I was on TikTok and Instagram and I was mainly doing Japanese content at the time. And they would, I would get like, I would get fucking comments from like Japanese men being like, oh, your face looks rounder today. But literally it wasn't. Wow. Yeah. And and like, I remember like even recently, like someone was like, the weight gain looks great on you, but they were talking about my boobs. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. But like, but like stuff like that. And like, I think at the time, because it was a point of pain for me, it really bothered me. Now it's different. Now it's not a point of pain for me. But um, I think anything that triggers you lets you know what you need to heal. So I like recognize that. And I was like, you know what? Fuck that. I love my body and I love myself. And like everyone else around me loves their body and is like showing off their body. And like, why am I being so insecure? Like, this is the best that I'm going to look at and like nothing can nothing and no one can like give or take from me and like make me unworthy like i'm always enough you know like even when i was super skinny i was still enough you know cuz i'm like mm-hmm. a human so i think just like that it was like a mental state that i had to get into yeah so i think that like it helped being around people like that in the us because yeah. more people are like that in the us than i would say in japan yeah Body positivity, you know, that's a thing, so. (laughs) Love to hear it. Love to hear it. Love to be for it. Um, Yeah, and I, like, (laughs) I don't know. Is it weird for me to say, like, I I think part of me was, like, afraid of being, like, intimate with people because of my body. (laughs) 
Really? No, yeah. that's totally valid. For the past – no, I'm like – I've embraced the celibate lifestyle because of that. I feel, <laughs> like, I – yeah. Girl. I'm just like, don't touch me. Wow. Yeah, it was very strange. I mean, I'm in a really good place now. But also now I'm like at the point where I'm like, I'm not used to people like up in my like personal space. So don't touch me. <laughs> <laughs> For those reasons. Do not That's touch. wild. That's wild. I didn't realize that that was like a, a motivating factor towards. Like wow. keeping people at a distance kind of like. Not yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, you know what? I was on a date once in Japan. Mm-hmm. This was when I first moved there, so I was very skinny and like cute skinny. Like I wasn't the emaciated skinny. I was like a good skinny and it was in the beginning of Japan. And it was that guy that was like, oh, like the guy whose scalp smelled good in Japan. Yeah. On the first date. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't remember how this conversation came up, but he was like, oh, you're like very like – Oh, 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 okay. He was like, I remember when I, like, met you at the club, I, like, put my arm around your waist and, like, not in a weird way. It was just because it was so, like, like tight in there that I just, like, did that. And I remember thinking, like, oh, my gosh, this girl is so skinny. Hmm. And I was like, oh, yeah, I mean, but since then I've gained a little bit of weight, right? And he was like, yeah. oh, well, you'll have to, like, work that off for me. Whoa. That's what – so the mentality there is, like, different. Like, you would never get that in the U.S., I feel. No, I mean, I mean, (laughs) yeah. And so I, I think like also just because I didn't speak as fluently as I wanted to, it's hard for me to speak up for myself in Japanese language sometimes. So I was like, huh? You know what I mean? Like, did did you really say like, what does that mean? Because sometimes I've definitely taken things that people have said in Japan the wrong way Uh because I thought they meant to insult me, but actually it was like, oh, they meant it in like a silly, goofy way (laughs) and I couldn't pick up on it. Yeah. I remember like I was on a photo shoot and someone was like, oh, like I told this story about something that I did. And he was like, oh, you're stupid. <laughs> like, oh, you're like one of those stupid girls. And I was like, excuse me? <laughs> like what? I mean, still, I think that's like not something you should say, but it was weird. So I got like kind of pissed at him, but he was my uh-huh. cameraman. So I didn't say anything. I was just like kind of pissed. Yeah. And then I told my mom and she was like, oh, he probably meant it like this. And I was like, well, hmm. <laughs> I didn't take it that way. <laughs> yeah, I did not like that. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. <laughs> bicultural problems. <laughs> yeah, we got bicultural problems. Anyways, yeah, do you have any more questions? I don't know. We just never. I mean, yeah. I mean, is there is there anything else that you want to talk about in terms of your healing? In terms of like where you were at during the worst of it. I mean, obviously mentally, I feel like just not a good place. And like, I I think if you have a problem, like an eating disorder, it's a reflection of other things that are going on in your life. Mm. You know, Um, at least that was my experience. Yeah. That's like a lot of things, you know, like your problems will manifest in your body. In one way or another. Yeah. And your mental health. And, um, I think you really have to focus on overcoming yourself, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, it's been a journey. 
And, you know, it, it's not a habit that's going to fix itself in like a day. Because, I mean, that's a habit that I built since I was in third grade. Yeah. So it took me a very long time. And also because it was part of my identity, you know? It's like who yeah. I was. So when I gained all that weight, um, I think I felt lost in life because I was like, who am I, you know? Mm-hmm. And that was actually around the time I was going to those Yakuza parties. Oof. And I was just like, I don't know who I am, you know? Yeah, not a combination, a good combination of yeah, environment. And, and- I, I think like part of the reason why I started binging was probably those Yakuza parties. Really? Yeah, because I was not happy with the people that I was hanging out with. I was not happy with the things that I was like being exposed to. And it was very dark and yeah, um. Food, I think for me, and like it was interesting because up until that point, I didn't see food as something that was like enjoyable, right? Mm-hmm. I didn't really care for food. I mean, like I, from college, I would like literally just drink three Cokes a day and eat Sour Patch Kids. Yeah. And I went from like not giving about like caring about food to in Japan being like going through all that and seeing all that food became like the only source of dopamine for me. Oh, wow. I think I think that was my only yeah, source of sense. happiness because everything else was so bad. Yeah. And I'm not saying being Japan was like the worst thing that's ever happened to me. I've like had situations that were bad, but I genuinely do love Japan. It's just like at the time, it was a bad spot in my life. And yeah. so like I would go to these things <laughs> And, like, just hang around the food. Oh. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I wonder what kind of food is going to be there. And, I mean, don't get me wrong. The food in Japan is freaking amazing. It's, like, the best I've ever had. So, like, it doesn't help, you know. But, uh, yeah, I think, like, I would be in my room and I would just be like, I'm – and, like, I was also getting bullied at home, right, in the share Mm -hmm. house. So oh, like I would yeah, just that's right. Yeah, so like this is I'm, all going on at the same time. Yeah, yeah. Like okay, the the wow. agency, the yuxa, like um, backstabbing friends, you know, like share house. Like I would go home in the share house, and so all of that coming together was just a terrible mix. And I was just like I, you know, and I and I had a breakup. Uh, I wasn't yeah. talking to you at the time. I was just like, what? A, like, yeah, there's no sense of happiness in my life at that point. But since then, life is pretty good, <laughs> got to be honest. Oh, well, that's good, buddy. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't want this to be depressing because I'm not, I'm not, I, I don't think I'm depressed, you know? Like, I'm, I'm actually really grateful for life and, like, all of those things. Like, yeah, at the time it was very difficult, but I can talk about it now and I'm very happy. Glad. Yeah. Glad you're at that point in life. I'm glad you've made it past that. Yeah. Like, I feel like, oh, I don't know. Like, I, I don't, I didn't think I was going to talk about it, but I feel like there was a time where I was like, I wanted to give up on life during that time. And mm-hmm. I think I told you about it. Yeah. And there was like a very real moment for me where I like took a photo of myself, like in the train, like super just like dead, right? Like dead inside. Yeah. And I still see that sometimes. I'm like, fuck. <laughs> I had a little, you know, like those cute apps on your phone. Yeah. Um, it had like, like little rosy cheeks. <laughs> oh, <laughs> little oh. rosy cheeks. It had like little heart shaped, like cheek blush. 
And yeah. I took a photo with that, but children. I looked dead. Like, like there was no soul behind my eyes kind of thing. Uh-huh. And like, I don't know, just from that to now, like if you just keep going, I guess things get better. <laughs> <laughs> things get better. I mean, like seriously, I mean – uh, optimistic nihilism. Nihilism. How do you say it? Nihilism. N- nihil- nihilism. Nihil- <laughs> that word? Yeah. Um, I'm optimistic though. It's like – it's from being like, I'm going to die someday to being like, I'm going to die someday so I guess it doesn't matter. <laughs> you know? <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. One of them is, is more pleasant for the person dealing with it than the other. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I it, it really is in your mindset, you know? Yeah. Like, you can overcome anything. And, like, the fact that other people in in the world have are going through or have gone through the th- same thing or even worse, you know, there are people that are in situations way worse than me and have seen things way worse than me and they've, like, become successes and they've, like, they're happy, like, genuinely. Mm-hmm. Like, shit. I don't know. I'm not saying, like, whatever you're going through or, like, whatever I'm going through is not – like I'm not comparing them because it's still painful, whatever it is. But it's like, yeah. hey, you know what? That's like a, that's a inspiring thing. Like you can also make it out of something difficult because yeah, there's examples of other people doing it. Yeah, there's that there's that quote where it's like, um, if you're born poor, it's not your fault. But if you die poor, it's your fault. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, and I was like, you know what? You know what? Whatever happens to me, I am not going to die poor. Not in the sense of like just money. I mean like like a fulfilled life, you know? Yeah. And like, like being content. Enriched with life. Exactly. And like I think I've really built myself back up and like dug myself out of some shitty holes. And mm-hmm. this this episode is just me like – complimenting myself <laughs> it's just me being like wow you're so strong <laughs> look at her wow but yeah i don't know now that now that you know all this do you have a pers- like perspective shift is there something that you were like oh i didn't know that or like oh like I mean, I mean i feel like i knew about all this, whether you've explicitly told me or not, mm-hmm. um, I don't feel like there's a perspective shift. I feel like I, I, I think I didn't know about the extent of like the the binge eating and stuff mm. like that. But oh, and like, like the I, catalysts and like yeah, the, the catalysts. Yeah, but I, I feel like I did know to some extent that there it was going on. Mm-hmm. You know. Like, after the fact or before the fact, I guess. I don't know. I don't... Yeah. It's... I'm, I mean, I'm happy that you're in a better place and that you're, like, able to talk about it now and... Oh, dude, same. Like, feel like you're... you're Feel like you're at a place where you're healing. Or yeah. Feel, and, so. like, I, I think you... Out of all my friends, I would say you probably handled it the best. Really? Um, yeah, because I've had people be like, you need to eat. Like, I'm like worried about you. And that would kind of bother me. Or like, they'd be like, you're too skinny. But like, they didn't realize that I'm trying to lose weight to 
be a model. So they would like get upset if I didn't eat and like that bothered me. So I think you've like really embraced like just like what I'm doing and like support if I need to talk to someone. Yeah, well, I think I've always been of the mindset that I'm going to meet – I'm going to not meet you where you're at, but, like, I'm going to accompany you where you're at. So whether Mm -hmm. you're in a – feeling bad or you weren't eating, I would offer you food and be like, well, if you want some, here it is. But I'm not going to force you to change unless you're the one that's taking that step, you know? Yeah, and I think – I would offer you, like – just the, the support mm-hmm. when needed, but yeah, I think that's like the best approach. I mean, of course, there are like some situations where it's like an emergency, but I don't think mine was that emergency. <laughs> I don't know. Good job, Diana. Thanks. Good You're job. Welcome. Aww. Look at us. Aww. Oh my goodness. Girl supporting girls. We love that. <laughs> Okay, well, I like this episode. Happy, happy, happy. Do you know that TikTok (laughs) thing? No. Oh, it's like, happy, happy, happy. Anyways, okay. Sorry, guys. Um, Thank you so much for listening. Um, We do have an Instagram for the pod. It's called Busy Doing Nothing Pod. Or you can find me on... Yeah, go follow it. Go follow it. Talk to us in the comments. We'll be posting a couple things, maybe some quotes from there. If you watch this episode, you know, you can ask tag us questions. Us. Yeah, ask us questions. We're going to do an advice corner soon. Ooh, that'll be so much Ooh. fun. Ooh, so fun. You can get unsolicited advice. Well, maybe it is solicited. Unhinged advice, unqualified answers. <laughs> there we go. Um, but yeah, thank you so much for listening. If you like this episode, please share it, follow, tell a friend, and find me on Instagram and TikTok for more content at Rice Arona.